Is that one Wait, line is very line? quotable. Shock, shock. The shock, shock thing. People say it on, on the internet all the time. Like, I'm shocked. Someone, yeah. someone said, sort that of like that, but better. That's the first time. It's like that, but <laughs> yes. Much, <laughs> considerably <laughs> less a bird monster. Yes. Previously on Watch and Talk. Break it down for us. Oh, you don't know about the burn bag? It's the guy from Hey Dude. Wait, which guy is from Hey Dude? I called it F-E-C-D's Nuts. Ooh. Uh, wait, I don't get it. Hi, and oh. welcome to Season 1, Episode 20 of Watch and Talk. Uh, this week we're watching an episode called Mandatory Minimums. That's true. This is our 20th episode. And the 20th episode. Oh my god, it's our 20th anniversary episode. I feel like that's a big deal. It's yeah. a number. It's not 25, but it seems really important. Sure. It's a nice, it's solid, a number. even number with yeah. a zero. It has a zero in it. Right. So the previously <laughs> on this week is uh, Sam Reddit, and there's a little bit of Joey Lucas, which is always a good sight, and it was mostly a continuation of last episode, which they set us up for Bartlett being Bartlett. So we're going to, we should keep tabs on whether he's Bartlett this episode. And I, I think he was mostly. We could point out each time that Bartlett is Bartlett. Yep. Uh, it starts off with a Bartlett speech. Conversely, is, we should say when Bartlett isn't being Bartlett. Is he Bartlett in the speech at the beginning? No, he's not. I well, actually think he is. I isn't. think he. He's I, not. Nope. We already decided. Disagreement. No. Okay. Yep. So he says something in the speech that is very Bartlett to me and weird, where he says, Oh, and by the way. I say, by the way, when the... By the way, I say, by the way... Like he's Foghorn like, Leghorn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's very... Uh, children, that's his, an old cartoon character. Now what's that? I say, now what's that? That's very Bartlett because he also references Foghorn Leghorn in his voice when he says Dallas. So to me, this is the quintessential Bartlett. I do not associate Bartlett with Foghorn Leghorn. Really? Mm-hmm. I do. It's a very Bartlett-y speech. It's got like a multi pronged sentence structure thing where it's like I, I what is he talking about i don't like laws where people can't trust americans so he is giving a libertarian ideological speech which is very strange not what i expected when i thought bartlett was going to be bartlett i thought that meant he would go to the left but he actually starts rebelling from the technocratic view that uh, josh always espouses privately and is saying, I don't like any law where you're not trusting that the people know what's best. So he's against term limits, which is a very libertarian and not... Do you think that's because he wants to run view. for a third term eventually? <laughs> I think maybe they were setting up for that, possibly. Um, what, else, what else does he say he's against? Well, he, he well, says he's talking he's, about mandatory minimums. Yeah, he talks right. about mandatory he minimums. He wants the mandatory minimums. And we are reminded... No, no, he doesn't want them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this he episode, does, he yeah. wants the minimum. They're racist. He wants says more minimum in the episode. But he, in this speech, he does no, he not wants say... le- he wants less minimums. He yes. says he wants he judges wants fewer that, minimums. He wants judges to have discretion of whether or not a sentence needs to be at a certain low, you know, right. number of years. Are we sure? Is this a consensus? Yes, definitely. Consensus of which his is, speech here, which is annoying because, on the one hand, and you know, might as well put it up front now, they're going to talk a lot about how mandatory minimums are racist. And then the, the the evidence they give for that is how, you know, crack has a different minimum, a higher minimum than cocaine, right? And that has a, a, a discriminatory effect. But the point of mandatory minimums was that it used to be the judges would, for the same crime, 
impose a drastically different sentence for a poor minority defendant than a rich white defendant. So mandatory minimums were originally there to standardize things when judges were being biased. So although so they just baked the bias into the minimums themselves. Well, they 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 converted the discretion of a judge to the decision making of the legislature because they would pass statutes at a state level that apply minimums. And then there's federal mandatory minimums or federal crimes. But also on to DAs and stuff because they can just choose what to charge people with. Yes, I mean that's they didn't really supplant that discretion but they they you know replace the discretion of a judge with the decision making of the legislature which is more democratic right and if you don't think that it's fair the way mandatory minimums are applied talk to your legislators right because a judge you can't really go to a judge and say i I think you are making the wrong decision i mean some judges are elected some aren't so i think it's kind of weird that every liberal in this episode is against mandatory minimums when they're the more liberal You're solution. definitely racist. Oh, for sure. Because they say over and over that this is a bad thing. Yeah. So you're the bad guy. Yeah. I'm not, letting how does Bartlett, that feel? I'm not letting Bartlett be Bartlett. Oh, well, maybe you should. The one, should. Uh, the one little side thing and I liked in this one is that they have a glimpse of Bartlett's teleprompter operator who has to sit there and listen to him talk and it like advanced the script by one line each time. And I never thought about that being a job, but... Somebody's got to do it. Do you think that's still a job? Yeah, I think so. Because um, people go off script and stuff, and the teleprompter oh. can't like advance too far. Or they would completely lose the script. I'm sure there's like a teleprompter union. Maybe. I wonder how much training you need for that. Uh, anyways, um, they cut to CJ in the back room, and she has the press there. They're all listening. She's like joking around. The president ate his Wheaties this morning. As a matter of fact, the president had a bowl of oatmeal this morning. He said it was something he's always wanted to try. She makes a big deal about something is coming up that's important. As she sets that up, they cut out to the president again. And he has this really like weird analogy about throwing your cap over the wall. The Irish lads whose journey was blocked by a brick wall seemingly too high to scale. Throwing their caps over the wall, the lads had no choice but to follow. That's that doesn't add up. Right. This is something that old people did. Throwing caps or Wear climbing. Caps. Like I'll climb as far as I can throw my cap. Because if you throw a cap over the wall, then you can climb anything. Well, because yeah, they would caps are without lids, caps. right? <laughs> lids? <laughs> <With a Zeke? laughs> like the li- lid store where you can like Right, buy that's where a you buy lids. Cap. Yeah. But so, I feel like I could throw yeah. a hat over a higher wall than I could climb. I mean, first of all, what kind of hat is this? It depends on is the it, weight of the hat. Yeah, is it going to catch a lot We're of talking wind? talking about density. It's an Irish know? cap oh. in this, te- in like this telling. Like a Original kangle. That's not going to get a lot of air. Yeah. But nor can I climb very high. But it's kind of frisbee yeah, Well, are there saying. steps? Is it a ladder? I could probably it's climb a, br- a ladder It's a brick wall. Uh, Here's mm-mm. the thing. If I threw mm-mm. my cap I, about as high as I could reach. over a wall, I would say, Ooh, I guess I lost my cap. I'm going to go get a new one. Are there is, this like foot holes? is this like a grappling cap? Are there footholds? <laughs> no. I think there's no help to get over the wall. It's a slightly confusing metaphor. Can but I bring my own he's... hot air balloon to get over the wall? <laughs> Throw it over the wall first. Yeah. You got to go get it. So he is throwing the government over the wall so he can chase it. Is that the analogy here? But he's appointing his FEC nominees from last episode is the thing. And this is his setup for it. And so as he's starting to say this, they cut into the Republican staffer from last week 
in the office with his senator and they are extremely stereotypical bad republicans they are literally sitting in front of a fireplace sipping cognac and brandy he says in my mind i'm so unlikable you hate me this was given to me by a constituent who read in time magazine that i like cognac problem is that this is brandy and not cognac this rube didn't even know that this isn't even cognac this is brandy and then he pours it out on the ground (laughs) and then he asks his staffers if they know the difference and when one of them does he doesn't even let them finish yeah he cuts them off <laughs> as soon as they've shown they know so the answer Ronnie he's like blah, 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 blah. in the last episode or was it the last episode where he was like using the socratic method during his briefing yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that but yeah. like this guy's a huge douchebag totally so that um that guy from last week that threatened josh is the staffer he's watching the speech and he picks up that this announcement's going to come out and pulls the senator over the senator is like fuming that he thought this wasn't going to happen. Didn't you take care of this last week? And then he says, get me Josh Lyman on the phone. They cut to Josh. Uh, Wait, he says, I'm going to reach down their throat and scoop out their lungs with an ice cream scoop. Ooh. I reach down his throat and take out his lungs with an ice cream scoop. Yeah, these flavors are getting so crazy now. <laughs> you just got to push in the envelope. What are having a vanilla? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're all strawberry on the inside so sam they cut back. beautiful <laughs> they cut back and then sam is trying to like hype josh up for this phone call that they're expecting um telling him he's actually like kind of talking him down a little bit he's like making him feel bad i think but he said he was trying to hype him up and then he gets the phone call and josh tells him hi senator why don't you take your legislative agenda and shove it up your ass and then he hangs up. And then cue the American music. Yeah. This is the second um, shove it up your ass line in two weeks. It's an effective segue. What was the other shove it up Miss your Landingham ass? Miss Landingham told Charlie that the president can, knows where to shove his salad. Oh. Which is implying shove it up your ass. Yes. I thought they just like weren't saying it, but I guess they were just keeping it off of Miss Landingham's lips. Yeah. <laughs> but Josh can say it. She's too pure yeah. for that kind of filth. So Josh gets a cool guy moment there where he gets to have a, He's a nice real cool guy. tan line. Then they show the credits. Uh, they come out of the credits and they're back at the White House doing a press conference or CJ's doing the press room thing. They're, she's basically just getting a lot of uh, questions about the appointments. They kind of recap the problem with the president appointing his own people last uh, that most of last week's episode was about, how it's usually Congress's. They usually get to pick the people that they want, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a Josh and Donna scene after that. Donna is worried about telling Josh that some people are coming to the White House. It turns out it's Al Kiefer and Joey Lucas coming. Hold on, hold on. There is a scene here now in which uh, in which Josh Josh is cheered, and 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 some one of his oh, squad, right. one of one of his cheer squad, uh, referred to him as Rambo. Rambo. You talking to me? <laughs> nice phone call. And he flexes his muscles. Uh, perhaps as a Rambo might. Why Why does this happen? Is Josh a Rambo? Why is Josh a Rambo? Like he's kicking ass? Yeah, oh. the, the, t- the tail of his kick-ass phone call got around. People are, people are talking. That's the legislative equivalent of shooting a bunch of Viet Cong in the jungle with machine guns. 
Okay. I, I just wanted to point yeah, out. Yeah, same thing. He's very unrambled. It checks out. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, so Josh, uh, yeah, he walks through the communications office uh, where that scene goes down. Goes into Sam's office where Sam and Toby are working on a speech. They have a, one of those scenes of Toby looking over Sam's shoulder and correcting him about things and insulting his writing ability. You're going to come to a verb soon, right? Okay. And then they talk about the Joey Lucas thing. Josh is trying to play it cool and say he's not worried about it. And then Sam makes it super, super awkward. I met her twice, Toby. Yeah, but one of those times she broke your heart. You know, the way women can do. Where they take your heart, they throw it on the floor, and then they stomp on it with their big hands. Seems like maybe someone broke his heart recently. Maybe Mallory. Maybe. He seems like... Or or Lori. We haven't seen either one of them in a while. That's true. Maybe he's had his heart broken twice recently, and he's still a little (laughs) shook up over it. So they're bringing these two pollsters out to help them prep for English as the national language, which they are expecting is the legislative payback from this senator. And they need to lock down the all-important swing state of California in this process for some reason. Mostly about uh, shoring up the Hispanic vote because that's the people that would kind of be on their side with that because a lot of them want to use spanish and government transactions then they cut back to the press conference it's the end of the press conference and carol comes and grabs danny's understudy is that what that guy is (laughs) (laughs) just in case danny can't ask a question this guy's gonna come in and say something to come follow up on some stuff and he's really flustered and says you you want danny right he is very reluctant yeah and then Danny kind of forces him to go up there to go do it anyways. So she's trying to make Danny jealous here, I take it. That's the obvious read there, right? Yeah, she's snubbing him. She's not giving him access. Do you think she's going to try to make him jealous in the other part of their relationship with that guy? No. The sexy part? The sexy part? Yeah. Like, she's gonna, like... That guy doesn't seem confident enough for CJ. No, not no. for the siege. I mean, she'd she's, crush him. She's probably going to show him her goldfish. Oh, gosh, I forgot about the goldfish. <laughs> no. No. No? No. He's not going to dip his... No. Whatever you're going to say, no. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, so they don't really show what they talk about, but uh, the snub to Danny is made clear. Um, the next shot is Toby and Sam outside, and they are walking on the street for some reason that we don't know. And then they're talking about mandatory minimums for drug sentencing, just the pros and cons. Sam... Probably, they're bad. Sam definitely thinks they're bad um toby's just kind of letting sam talk at him and then they realized that they walked a block too far and was sam knew where they were going but he just didn't stop them because they were stuck in a good conversation so he thought they could just keep walking that's really cute i love that scene but i i will say everybody seems to know that mandatory minimums are bad there's not even a question Uh, i think toby knows they're bad i think he just does not care because they do not poll well does he say something about the polling in this one I guess that's what they're trying to figure out with. I, I think that's the only that's the reason not to change the mentor minimums, right? It's all because it's a hard sell. Yeah, they get into way more into that later with Al. They are walking to a restaurant where Leo is having kind of a discreet breakfast for everybody outside of the normal breakfast spots by the White House. He's there with Margaret. He knows the waitress by name, so this must be his regular spot. It's like very pretty out there. Mm-hmm. And Margaret has a really awesome OCD moment. Margaret takes out pencils. a bunch of pencils. And she appears to check which is the largest pencil. She chooses 
that pencil and then she uses that pencil. But she like I did not notice. She this. closely inspects like the sharpness of a bunch of perfect number two pencils, <laughs> like the yellow ones that you take a test with. I watched this scene several times. Yeah. I'm, I think yeah, she's either choosing the sharpest pencil the sharpest. or the longest pencil. I would say sharpest. Wow, would you? I would. Longest would be they say that good too because you would wear them evenly. But they're all of like equal length. The the guy that sits a like across from me at work yeah. has an electric pencil sharpener desk. Yes. Did I mention this um, on the podcast? Not on the no. podcast. Off, okay. Offline. It goes like this. That was very accurate. Remember when you used to do that? I do. In elementary do you school. Remember when you used to go? Hold on. Hold on. This was, was the one that. Remember? I want an analog one. Yeah. yeah. Not an electric that one. Was that no, 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 no. Pencils anymore? Yeah, the guy that sits across from me, you're very nice, Peter. I really appreciate working with you. You're great. <laughs> but he does that, and it goes. But then does he how write often? with them? He, he, once a week, he sharpens all of his pencils. Yeah, but then does he write with them? Or they just, he just sharpens them? No, no, he uses them. What does I mean, he, I've never checked. What does he do that doesn't use a computer at work? We proof. We proof pages, and we make. I mean, we I make write our, notes we make all marks. the time on paper. We make edits. I also write questions for reporters, and then go take go take my notepad over to reporters and ask them. You have to like hand physical documents to other people in your office when you have like networks and computers. Every yeah. day. Do you guys oh have like a army of like ten year old boys that'll go like run notes between people? The copy kids. We do. Really? And yeah. What do you say to them to get them to come over? You say copy. And then can you say that properly though? Please? I I don't do it. You, you snap say, your finger. Copy. Snap your finger. You say copy. Copy. You say it like she's saying. What if like two of them show up at your desk at the same time? Do you get to pick which one does the work? They don't. That's never happened. <laughs> they don't like clamor, and no. they're like, Mister Mister Braden. <laughs> you. you Mister Braden's my father. And then you then you flick them a coin, and they bite into it. Make sure it's real. None of this happens. So like very a, well compensated. And you say, buy yourself something nice, kid. Right? Don't spend it all in one place. Yeah. And you wear a fedora that None you keep a pencil in. It's a trilby. No. Oh, your work is way less glamorous than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Does Cary Grant work there? No. So Josh and Donna come up. Um, they talk about Josh's suit quite a bit in this scene. Um, sure he, has, he has a special Joey Lucas suit that he's wearing. No, it's his Tuesday suit. <laughs> it's his just regular Tuesday suit, Eric. Does, and then he gets <laughs> mocked a little for having uh, suits for different days of the week. You wear suits every day. You got that going on? No. Do you because intend- I don't have enough suits to have one for each day of the week. Yes, you do. You don't have five Maybe suits? Maybe now I do. You certainly have oh, five Oh, this suits. is very recent that I have five suits. Mr. Five Suits over yeah. here. Wow. <laughs> Humble brag. It's more about wearing like three suits with different shirts. How many shirts do you have? So many shirts. Tell me. Like 20 shirts. Whoa. 20 shirts. Yeah, man. I'm like actually 40 sleeves. Jealous. That's a lot. Of, wow. That's a lot of sleeves. Yeah. But... You dress a lot based on like your mood for that day and the season, not not based on the day of the week. That's right. It's like I incorporate like the cycle of the moon and Yeah. You know. Whether you're about to get your period. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's obviously the moon causes my period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you synced up with your coworkers yet? I'm not gonna tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Toby come up too um they're still talking mandatory minimums a little bit they're um, racist <laughs> okay we think we've established that <laughs> <laughs> um leo uh as they're talking gets a phone call uh it's kind of secretive 
and he says, Just write these names down. Dalton, Dawson, Foxworthy, Greer, Morgenthau, Stackhouse, Sugar Baker. There was one that really stood out for me. Sugar Bubbles. Sugar Baker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really great name. But I think some of were ones that we either have met before or will meet later. Yeah, like um, Stackhouse. Stackhouse was one of them. And there's a whole, there's a whole episode about that guy later. Yeah. Was Hildebrandt one of them or is that just a name in my head? Hildebeast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hildebeast was definitely one of them. Should be if it wasn't. <laughs> Congressman so, Hildebeast. Who do you guys think he was talking to? Because all of the key players that would be doing what he, we find out later he was doing, question. were there. Well, uh, yeah, this is some sort of, someone was digging up dirt. Or it was it Toby? Uh, I mean, it's... Maybe it was Toby. Toby was in... Toby was there. He was there. Was he there? Because no, Toby no, was like deep asking what the getting, call was about. And oh, you're right. Getting deep oppo. So not... Anything. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this is like some slightly illegal shit that they're doing. We'll get to it when we find out. Right, but. right, right. Leo says, the reason I called you all here is to say, do your jobs good this week. <laughs> and that's like the point of this meeting is to say, we can't make any big mistakes this week. And everybody's like, all right, cool. Let's get our waffles. We'll do it. And then as he's saying that, um, the only other funny little thing is that Sam says, You're not calm, Leo. You're acting like a nervous Hulelia. Hulelia. It's a, it's a made up word that his family used or something. While watching this scene, I immediately rewound, rewound, rewound. I could not figure out what word he was saying. Did you have a VHS did you, copy? Did you turn the <laughs> subtitles on? No. Because that will resolve that dispute pretty much immediately. And then I continued watching. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's, I, I think it's I wrote it. It's real. H-O-O-L-E-E-L-I-A. Oh, yeah. Whatever happens, just like a nervous Nelly. No, but this is, that's the joke. Oh. This isn't a real thing. A nervous Hulelia. Like, I, you know, so far I feel like this episode is just like, so, there's a lot of filler going on Well, here. I disagree with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My favorite thing about Sam saying that is that after he says it, Margaret writes it down. <laughs> <laughs> she like picks up her pencil and starts scribbling because I think <laughs> she wants to remember uh, this word for future reference. So then they cut to the Oval Office and there's a, a big meeting with... Pretty much everybody and Al Kiefer and Al is doing his um, concern trolling, I guess, kind of. Oh, so before we get into the Oval Office scene, right before they go into the Oval Office, there's like a transition showing outside the Oval Office of maybe two officers like switching their guard. Like, and one of them walks by we have to like rewatch this and he just looks like he has to poop so badly <laughs> is he like holding his butt he's like holding his butt out he's like walking really tightly that's and not funny that happens to people <laughs> he looks like to, to people that we love <laughs> <laughs> he just really has to poop i think <laughs> back up yeah anyway. uh, a real that's a very serious a real problem <laughs> are you crying Move on. <laughs> Earlier, they were talking about how they were bringing Al and Zoe out for English as the national language polling, but this entire meeting is about drug reform. So I don't, I guess Josh had it wrong, or they're doing two things there, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, uh, mm. Al is anti reforming the drug laws because he thinks it's going to be. A political loser in the same way that he thought the flag burning thing was going to be a political loser. He's just 
kind of all around terrible. And then his always his defense is, I don't personally think this, but you should listen to me and not do the thing we all think well, we should yeah, do. Th- this is this is like the the big question that the show is thematically addressing, which is, does a leader advocate something they believe in passionately and change public opinion, or do they always just look to public opinion for what they ought to believe and then just reflect the existing beliefs of the people? And the whole Bartlett, let Bartlett be Bartlett thing is supposed to be, no, 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 you lead, you go through, you believe in, you don't care about public opinion, and you change public opinion. And that's why Kiefer is like the antagonist in that scenario. Yeah. You got to throw your cap over the wall. Why do you think, though, they're still taking polls if they don't care about them as much? I think the way, at least in other episodes, maybe they haven't explicitly said this, but like they test phrasing of stuff. It's like, oh, if you were here described as they all, you know, you A-B test it basically to use like a software term. It's like you ask a question one way and it's like, do you support english as a national language and it's like 85 percent yes and it's like do you support not su- allowing people to use their native tongue in government offices and it's the same question essentially mm-hmm. but only maybe 40 percent of the people might say that that's a good idea there so it's more yeah. about how they're going to reveal this to everyone how they're going to sell it and, yeah, yeah it's yeah it's positioning and phrasing and framing more than anything right but they don't really depict that here which is weird like joey lucas criticizes Al Kiefer for not being sensitive to that in the prior episode in California and yet they're still using Kiefer and allowing him to kind of phrase things in a in an ineffective way. Yeah, I think the whole character of Al Kiefer is just to have somebody for Sam to yell f- figures at mostly. That's kind of the way they treat him in this episode <laughs> at least. So then CJ leaves the room and we get a quick Mandy scene, the only one of the episode where she says Nobody wants you here. Bye, Mandy. There's plenty for you to do. Leo would feel more comfortable if you stayed okay. out of this. Okay. <laughs> this episode is kind of named mandatory minimum. <laughs> Whoa. Headlines are later, Jason. Sorry. Whoa. It's <laughs> not really a headline. Dude, though. that's so sneaky. Pun. That's an Easter egg. So, yeah, because of the memo last week, uh, Leo doesn't trust Mandy to have the particulars of sensitive deliberations anymore. And so she's not allowed in the room. She handles it unprofessionally by being like, oh, God, and then storms off, which I don't think you're really, like, allowed to do in an office. Like, that can't, that can backfire. Yeah. If you're on the outs and then it's like, she's just being petulant. It's like, oh, we can just get rid of her. That's a great way to get your lines cut. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was just her, actually. (laughs) It's like, oh, uh, Allison, Janny, can you go tell, uh, the lady that plays Mandy, Mandy that she's not going to be in this scene. <laughs> yeah, I, when I watched the scene, I was like, man, this is really like, like she didn't have to dig too deep to find these emotions. <laughs> yeah, it was like you guys wrote this scene. <laughs> it was like everyone who's ever watched the show except for you has wow. written this scene. <laughs> Such uh, uh, haters. So um, I had one uh, real life note of relevancy for the, the drug sentencing thing. Uh, President Obama just commuted a huge amount like 214 sentences for it's basically the exact thing they're talking about Um, but he uh, just did that like two days ago which is kind of a nice coincidence it's great and and i'm glad he waited seven years to start doing that well i he had a press conference today 
and somebody was like, well, you've commuted a lot of sentences, but you've actually pardoned like way fewer people than anybody since like John Adams. And he's like, well, I think you'll see that by the time I leave office, those, those numbers will be up to normal levels. Yeah. No, no, they always do that. They the wait for the hour, end. Like yeah. literally the same day that the next person is getting inaugurated. But that's such a weak thing to do. You know, yeah. I hate that. This it's the lowest possible priority news oh, thing. It's so lame. And then, uh, I just want to point out that the only person I can remember George W. Bush commuting their sentence was Scooter Libby. Scooter Libby. Right? I just think that's an interesting comparison in, in case we end up hearing criticism in the coming days about Obama's decision to do this. I don't remember there really being much criticism when they did that with Scooter Libby. Uh, he did. He got a little bit. He got some... It's a political story. From like, you know, Keith Olbermann, but not from like... I did it. <laughs> the press. I was like, oh, you bad, bad president guy. Oh, and another real life thing from last week I that really I, did I that. really, we waited to put out last week's episode because I was watching the conventions and wasn't editing. And there was a Democratic primary hacking scandal mm. that happened as right after we watched the episode about that. So I just wanted to mention that we would have talked about that last week. Are you <laughs> saying it was also the Russians and not the, the Russians got into job? Mandy's computer? Yeah. I did call uh, Danny a Julian Assange character, though, so I think I nailed that a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, so they're in this meeting. Charlie comes in and grabs Josh, says, Joey's in your office, and then gives him the, like, uh, eyebrow lifty thing. Is that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, He's that lifting his like eyebrows now. Like a nod now. and a lift. Yeah. Uh, and he, he says, uh, what, are you, what are you doing? He's like, what are you smiling? Fine looking woman, Josh. Yes. I can help you out. Help me out with what? She's a fine-looking woman. Stop saying that. Um, sorry, I don't know if this joke's ill. <laughs> is he talking <laughs> about a threesome? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my is gosh. No. I mean, probably last, not. You previously propositioned Brayden for sex on the show, so I think threesomes are a safe territory. So, Charlie what? wants to help Josh out in some way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Josh says he can he can help himself, and he's pretty confident about it. Um, he goes to talk to joey and kenny um they are having like a quiet conversation in sign language somehow (laughs) when when he comes into the room they're like whispering in sign language it's very easy to be quiet when you're speaking sign language but they're they're making like small emotions too here's a question for our listeners wait listener question coming up so if you know sign language here's my question if you're signing to someone and then someone like comes into the room do you go shh and like put your finger up to your mouth is that the sign for like don't don't talk anymore because this guy's here and do they have a sign language version of podcasts how do we how do we get Mm. on to that how do we do that did kenny do that i don't remember kenny is constantly letting joey know that things are happening in the room this episode more than before (laughs) He does that a few times. So Josh comes in. I think Zoe has, or Joey has the expectation that they're going to be flirty and, you know, have some small talk. But Josh is all about business. Joey, we're in a bit of a mode here, and I think it's best if we just do business. Plus, this is the White House. I wouldn't expect candy and flowers on your arrival. Then Margaret comes in and gives her flowers and asks her about her flight. Uh, and then Josh sends her away. Well, he also says that she can't decorate her desk right. with uh, 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 doodads and hand lotions. Like, this is pretty sexist, I think. Yes. I don't like the way women 
decorate their office space with their hand lotions. Yeah, I have about five hand lotions yeah. on my desk. That's enough Do lotions. Really? No, I have one hand lotion and it's in the drawer, hmm. hidden away from the world. As I have it should be though about six different images of cats on my desk. So Josh leaves the room after he gives his uh, "Here's your work area. Here's your phone" speech. No cats. No, no hand lotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as he's leaving, Joey has Kenny announce extremely loudly to the office. I'm not sleeping with Al Keeper anymore. So how did Kenny know to like yell this? Maybe there's a, that's what I'm saying. Have you ever much you move your hands is probably like. Oh, like if I'm like signing really small. Yeah, that's like what quiet. I was saying. That's what I meant by saying they were sign whispering earlier. Oh. They were doing like little motions. Got it. And then if you do it big, I guess that means say it loud. Say it loud, yeah. say it proud. But um, this brought up a kind of moral thing for me. As a sign translator, that's kind of an embarrassing thing to have to like yell out to people. Right. Are you obligated to say anything? If, if she said the 14 words, would Kenny, <laughs> would Kenny have to repeat it? Um, or can you like use some discretion there? <laughs> No, what but Kenny's if, cool like that. They got a tight relationship. Yeah, I know. The 14 words, like, I'm researching the people who, you know. No, like saying it, like, at a, at a rally. Yeah, I think maybe at a white power you, rally. Would, you would know what you were getting into by being the signer for a person who goes to a rally like that. Mm. You think, right? It would be like must must like really like white people, must dislike everyone <laughs> except white people on the res- like on the job description. There's got to be a a line <laughs> that Kenny would not say though. There's there's some No, I think he'll he'll say it all. He's you really think? good. Well, no, cuz like she's he professional. Not... He's good at his job. This is a great like murder plot. So this the the signer makes her interpreter say like i kenny killed that man like she signs that and he has to say that and then as he says it she kills him this isn't me interpreting no. i'm admitting that i killed him or what if it wasn't her it was me do you think kenny... what if joey has kenny hire somebody to kill somebody like oh. is, is, he is an kenny accessory? is yeah is kenny get in trouble it's his job jason yeah he has to he has to step up and yeah you can't do that Okay. Yeah, murder's not allowed. That's an accessory to murder. Murder's not not okay. I think maybe Kenny. Do you think Kenny would say the word like vagina? Yeah, he's he's a fucking professional. (laughs) Yes. Guys, is there a sign for vagina? I'm sure there is. Comment right in. I almost did it. Or sign in. Sign in. But uh, okay, so. This you would... really stop. Everyone's making <laughs> horribly lewd gestures with their hands. <laughs> like, you know. But okay, did so you just do just like a circle. He did it. <laughs> so Josh tries to scold her about decorum in the White House and doesn't, you know, he says says his piece and then starts to walk away. And then she compliments the special suit. So I I got some issues with this cuz that's not a very nice suit. It no. barely fits him. It's a terrible suit. Well, it looks okay. scratchy. For the, for the 90s, fits him. It looks scratchy, it's though. Fit. It's like looks kind of yeah. rough, right? What color is that it's suit? Like, it's, it's like a is weird it khaki? tan. Icky beige. Is it khaki? Icky, icky beige. It, it's officially icky beige. <laughs> um, no, it's just like, it looks like a beige, but like a really dirty one. 
Icky Beige is Sam's like hip hop name. <laughs> <laughs> or yes. CJ's. <laughs> uh, after that is Josh and CJ. CJ is worried because she made a goof in the press conference earlier. She had a line that said, I'd like to emphasize again that the president has nominated one Democrat and one Republican, which he was certainly under no legal obligation to do. Turns out he is under a legal obligation to do so. And so she shouldn't have said it like that. Josh says it'll be fine because it seems like a kind of minor thing. She didn't like hang the whole argument on it or anything. It was just a misspoken phrase. But CJ is worried about it for the whole rest of the episode. And Leo later gets mad about it, too. They go back to the Oval Office meeting. They're still, they start debating over whether science is sellable. So there's research that says that treatment is a better use of funds to reduce drug usage in the, uh, in the country. Uh, but Al thinks that they can't sell that idea to people, even though, and then the rest of the time they just talk about, can we sell the concept of science to people? Does anyone remember the line that Al Kiefer has? I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's like, what I miss. Toby was just explaining to Al that science is science to everyone. And I believe that science is science to everybody. I just don't think you can sell that. That's, that's sad. Bummer. It's pretty true. Yeah. That, what is, is this the one where uh, Leo comes in and the president says, What I miss? Mm-hmm. Kiefer's been here 45 minutes. He's already got me on the playground at recess. Took you 45 minutes? Which makes no sense whatsoever. I don't understand why he like latched onto that half of that sentence there. It's really odd turn of phrase. This really feels like the they had like the the farm team writers come in for this one. <laughs> Maybe. You know? I found this episode very pleasant. Yeah. Like you fall asleep to it. There's just I didn't a lot fall asleep. of like I stayed you could. awake. You I was could. awake. There's a lot of near misses though, you know? No, it's I think it's very uh, yeah, like that. No, no. It's, uh, what are you doing? No, I was just doing that for comedic effect, but I do like this episode. <laughs> it's a fine episode. Uh, one of the things I noticed about this scene, too, was there's a lot of, as Jason put it a long time ago, a lot of room meat. Mm-hmm. There's just line, the walls are lined with anonymous staffers taking notes or not. They're just kind of standing there listening. What Did are you those say people? that before? Room meat. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's it's from uh, no, don't, 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 don't ruin it. Don't don't ruin it. Yeah, that's great. Check out the thick of it. Don't say Josh comes in, in from talking right. to CJ and pulls Toby and Leo out. Goes over the CJ thing. Leo kind of shrugs his shoulder. He gets first. He gets a little upset, but he just kind of says, "What are you going to do about it?" Then they gang up on Toby a little bit. We want you to go to a meeting with who? A prominent House Democrat who has a voice on campaign finance reform, and if it was someone on the ethics committee, that'd be even better, because then she could answer some of Leo's questions. Toby's like, that's funny. I used to be married to a congressman that fits that description, or congresswoman. Do we say congresswoman anymore? Or is it just congressman? No, it's congressperson. Is it really? Congresshuman, actually. Congressmember. Congressmember. A member of Congress. We could just say representative. This This is AP style. R-E-P period, representative, yes. All right. As a member of the House of Representatives. But I guess the the bigger thing there is that Toby used to be married. Yeah, to a woman. Why don't we go with like house cats and house kittens? To kind of a pretty pretty lady. She's a pretty lady. I think she's a pretty lady. Doesn't that imply To have been married to Toby. 
and younger. Can they say what happened to the marriage? Because they seem they to get along. I'm pretty sure Toby happened. Yeah, Toby, Toby did. But they seem to get yeah. along very well, and Soda. she she seems to like him. Sexually. They have a great chemistry for people that were just cast to be ex spouses. Yeah, like you don't really see the pain in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Acting. They had set up a lunch meeting for them. No, it's later. A, I'll be okay. And then mm-hmm. Margaret comes in the room, uh, and Leo says those names I mentioned earlier, and then she just kind of instinctually recites them all because she, as she puts it, she can't help but remember them. So that's that's kind of an OCD trait too, yeah. I guess, right? Or, She's super OCD. There's some good Margaret character development going on. Yeah. Yes, but uh, it makes her so good at her job, though. And Leo wants representatives from each of those people in the white house later this afternoon but won't tell her why and it's a it's a big old mystery still so this is two scenes where they set this up being a a a thing to look forward to uh there's a josh i'm looking forward to this yeah i mean at this point i've already seen it there's a little bit of payoff to it yeah it's pretty good scene it's pretty nice there's a josh joey and kenny kenny scene again um josh is kind of inspecting joey's desk to make sure it isn't over adorned no lotioned yeah it's kind of like a drill sergeant doing like a bed check almost <laughs> in military school she does have a clock that he says he's okay with did she bring this clock with her or run out and buy it like where did this clock come from she steal it from somebody else's desk maybe like w- would you guys <laughs> ever need anything other than a computer yeah but this is like pre-computer she no, had no. A computer. Sam has two computers. Yeah, she, but they're, they, there's Joey had a computer. Like oh. I know that my dad used to travel with a little clock. I used to travel with a clock before they invented cell phones. Yeah, because you would have to set your alarm. Yep. And if you didn't have a watch, which I don't, because watches are gross and they make your hand smell funny. Then, what? Yes. My hand doesn't smell funny. Oh. <laughs> Guess what? Your hand stinks. Smell <laughs> so my hand. No. Smell so my hand. No. Jason, smell my gross. hand. Ooh, ooh! They have sex together, though. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh starts trying to give Joey her assignment, and she is not having it. She's like, "I already know what I'm doing." Toby told me about it earlier. The alarm goes off, but and Kenny has to like wave and point to the alarm clock to get her to undo it. So if this she is bro- not functioning, if she brought this alarm clock, why doesn't she have one that works for deaf people? Right. It worked. And, and if she bought them, it actually went off just in time for her to do a rude send off. It was yep. perfect. Lunchtime. Yeah. If Josh is going to be strict about the rules of the office, she's going to be strict about her rights as an employee and take her lunch in the middle of a sentence if she has to. And then she leaves. Uh, they go back. Oh, like, uh, by the way, what's the alarm that's good for deaf people? The one with a light uh, on it. Or vibrating one. Yeah. Well, it's like the doorbell at the hotel. Technically, all sound is is vibrating air. Good point. I don't know if that's true. I'm not a scientist. That we'll move on. Checks out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've done uh, the calculation. Though Correct. I do, I do like the idea of like your alarm being other people getting visibly annoyed at your alarm. And you're like, my alarm is going off. Okay, I get it. Uh, they go back to the Oval Office meeting. They're just hitting points on this argument in each one of these scenes. Uh, this one is about how jailing people is expensive, treating people is less expensive, and the policy that they're pushing is to kind of invert the spending priorities. 
Mandatory minimums are racist. <laughs> They're not even talking about mandatory minimums. Yeah, in the they scene. are. They're racist. No, because They're that's, racist. That's that ends up being the whole thing with Toby's ex-wife later is that they're pushing this drug policy that's about enforcement versus treatment, but they're not addressing the mandatory minimum issue, which is the the second part of the kind of the same thing. So there, I, I actually that confused the hell out of me the first time I watched it too. Later, they're talking about it and they're like. Mandatory minimums, confused. mandatory minimums needs to be part of this debate. And I was like, I thought that's what they were talking about the whole episode. I just want to be clear. I'm, I'm not confused. I was. Okay. Least. I'm not anymore, though. All right. I'm definitely not. They stop there. Al is just kind of the comically bad pollster guy here. They go to lunch, too. Sam walks out, talks to Kathy, makes a thing about how a piece of fish never hurt anybody. Nice piece of fish never hurt anyone, Kathy. I, I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, sharks what if you fish. get, like, hit in the head with fish? Some people are allergic to fish. Sharks are fish. Oh, wow. Uh, That's a big piece of fish, but it hurt. There's lots of people. Also squid. Giant That's squid. That's not a fish. They're cephalopods. I did not know that. That guy, Steve, yeah. the senatorial staffer guy, is in Sam's office when he goes in there. Um, he says, Josh is being mean to me, so I'm going to talk to you about these FEC appointments. Sam tries to kick him out, and then he says, You're going to eat? What? Lunch. You're going to eat? Yeah, but at my desk, I was just going to get a... You know, what were we having? Turkey. Get to. I'm just going to sit here in your office and eat. You're going to buy me lunch, <laughs> and then I'm going to talk at you. So I was going to point out that uh, I edited an article the other day. They added a word to this bad, bad, bad dictionary that you shouldn't use. Um, the word is to describe what dictionary when you eat at your desk. I don't know. I don't remember. Don't use it. It's called Aldesco. <laughs> no, it's bad. Is this bad. the Urban Dictionary? No, it was a real one. Webster? One of them. You know, one of the ones. Definitely not the OED. No, no, no. No. Go with that one. Yeah, that's the best one. They go to the, what is it, the Potomac? Is that the river in Washington? Oh, I wrote uh, the lake thing there in D.C. I think it's the Potomac. Um, no, is it just like a little? Uh, oh yeah, it could be a. But yeah, it's, it's there. Toby and his ex-wife Andy, uh, also known as Andrea, also known as the representative from Maryland's something district, and she wants to. She's kind of a. She's a fun one. I think she's like, oh, this is like a picnic. Come sit with me. Toby is extremely grumpy being outside. You should come sit next to me. I'm wearing a suit. So am I. I'm a responsible adult. I'm a member of the United States Congress. I rest my case. He doesn't want to eat her pie. He's, well. Yeah. Maybe that's why they did a divorce. Yeah. Am I right? He's he Max to, He likes to edge it. Like, he pretends like he doesn't want to eat her pie, but then at the end he wants, like, the whole pile at once. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Well, I like, he says, um, when she's trying to get him to sit down, that he's wearing a suit, and that's why he can't. And she's like, I'm wearing a suit, too. Feminism. Their banter is great and adorable. I thought her... they don't hate each other at all. No, and no. yet they are divorced. No, and she seems like the only person who is just tickled by Toby's curmudgeon. She yeah. likes Toby. She yeah. touches him on the shoulder. Oh, does that mean you like a person? Well, yes. she's she's so goofy that she thinks it's funny to like make Toby upset. <laughs> I think is what the, their dynamic is. I gotta complain about her 
pie shepherding here. <laughs> she has one piece of pie in this like giant Tupperware. Huge. It's so unnecessary. It's got one piece large. of pie in it, right? Yeah. It's like and then she half p- a pie. No, it was like one big piece. It was like a qu- it was like see, a quarter of a pie. When you see the Tupperware at the end, it's like full. I, no. Oh, maybe. Well, e- no matter either way, she takes the Tupperware pie and she just hucks it into her bag, turns it sideways. This pie is flying around, flopping up you against the edges. You got to crumble now. Yeah. You got to crumble. Which is fine. It'll still taste good. Yes. <laughs> yes. But she's not maintaining this the structural crust well, integrity of that pie. pie joke. <laughs> I think though you have to like pie crusts are like an art form and you have to respect the pie. Yeah. Keep you know? keep it flat. Right? Keep it safe. Yes. Keep so, it secret. <laughs> this is yet another um, you know, contrast that Aaron Sorkin's drawing here where one politician is depicted getting a gift of cognac that is really inferior in brandy. And then the good guy politician gets like some nice, you know, folksy pie and cherishes it. And she doesn't say it's not a pie or anything like that. (laughs) And yet Toby comes dangerously close to rejecting the pie. You know, what's funny, too, is that like nowadays I feel like it would be switched. Like a Republican is more likely to get a pie gift. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Why? Because I like pie. Oh, but like it's just I want a, more like American, and then Mm-mm. cognac is way more like snooty. Cognac West. Cognac. <laughs> yes. So the actual point of the scene <laughs> that we haven't even got to yet, mostly talking about pie so far. I want to point out that Andy says mandatory minimums are racist. She does. Okay. Yeah. And so she's all about the mandatory minimums. She gives them assurances that the FEC stuff they're on board with. Um, oh, that was what they were supposed to meet about, is that, like, we're not going to make the Democrats, like, unilaterally accept voluntary FEC things without it applying to the other side. So they're kind of, like, trying to shore up support in the House for this, like, array of legislative initiatives they have. And also, they're checking with her if the thing that Leo's going to do, which we don't know about yet, is, like, an okay thing to do. Because they're, I guess they think it's a little bit of a morally gray thing. And then she says, oh, it's fine. Actually, I want to be there because it's going to be hilarious. You don't have a problem with what Leo's going to do? No, but I want to be there. Why? Just for fun. If you want to be there, you can be there, but this is a serious thing. Can I bring my pie? Andy. I'm just saying it's a serious thing. There might not be any food there. The next scene is Sam and Steve, the the staffer guy. Steve says that we're going to have to confirm your nominees because they're too qualified. They're too qualified. But why are you guys throwing away this drug thing over the FEC thing? And Sam says, why? And he basically says, we'll make a deal. If you guys ditch these FEC nominees, we'll like pass your drug reform bill. By the way, this is so cute. That back then the Republicans are depicted as being concerned about whether the Democratic president's nominees are too qualified. Right. We're going to look bad. <laughs> yeah. Like anyone gives a crap about that. But they always pretend. They used to I, maybe pretend. They, I think they used to believe that that would tarnish them. But, but now no one cares at all. I don't think I don't think the Republicans have suffered any long term detriment. For, yeah, you, you uh, just have blocking Merrick Garland. You bright you have Breitbart write an article that says that this person co-authored a 
paper in college with somebody who's a Muslim Brotherhood sympathizer and this nominee's yeah. a terrorist. I mean, that's got they did it like. Or you just you don't even have to give any specifics. You just go, it's a trick. <laughs> don't worry, watch out, it's a trap. <laughs> and people will be like, it must be a trap because <laughs> it is. So the uh, s- Sam says, no, we're gonna have it all. We're gonna have both everything that we want. And this guy starts to get a little testy with Sam, and he's like, you're just gonna be the guy that writes speeches for Girl Scout conventions for the rest of your life and sam's like hey i like that girl speech hey i like girl scouts (laughs) but then he but he also like doesn't name the correct pastry yeah Yeah, he says girl scout muffins brownies no no he said young 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 girl scouts are called brownies they're slinging cupcakes i was making my own he was like it's cookies girl scout play oh you know but i just like that it's like it wasn't a it sounds like something he made up. He's like, oh, you're just going to write whatever for whatever. And Sam's like, I did write that thing, and it was good. It was about volunteerism. <laughs> Meeting over. Slams the door on him. I care deeply about the Girl Scouts of the United States of America. I don't know about you guys, but do I leave the chief of staff of the majority leader on the opposite party in my office alone? Oh, he's going to hack his computer. That's not leak a smart a, idea. Leak a memo. I don't think Sam has a strong password. It's volunteerism. <laughs> That's no, no, it's ha la la, whatever word his mom used. Oh, uh, yeah, ha- hallelujah. <laughs> My other thing from this scene, so they have, a, they have a lunch meeting. They both have turkey sandwiches and a basket of fries. Sam is sitting there eating and talking, and he has a bunch of his fries. This other guy's plate and all the fries are gone. <laughs> he eats like three times faster than Sam. Which, I, that was just funny. Sam's a slow eater. Or he, Sam didn't even finish his food. Well, you know, I, I think they it's just did Nelly. enough takes where the guy with less lines probably ate more food. Oh, maybe. That's a good point. <laughs> I just uh, made that up. It's, it's quite possible. That's, that's, that sure. does make sense. They have Leo and CJ after that. They're just walking through the hallways. CJ says, those people that you asked for earlier are here. And they're in the press room. And we're ready to bring the press in on your signal. So they're kind of setting up some stagecraft type things. Leo gets ticked about the gaffe earlier about the legal obligation to appoint a Republican and a Democrat. What the hell are you doing using a phrase like under no legal obligation? These amateur mistakes make me crazy. Yes. I'll be in there in a minute. As he says that. Danny yells across the building. It seems like almost Bush League. That's Bush League what you did. And then him and CJ have like an argument over like, how come I don't have access anymore? And there's CJ's mad about publishing the Mandy memo question. What is Bush league? I think it's just the like informal name for the minor leagues of baseball. It might even be a specific league. I do not believe that's a real league. I've never heard it except for in the negative connotation. No, it is negative. It's not it's not pro, it's Bush League. It's like Yeah, but even if you're in the minor leagues, you're not like we're in the shit leagues. You're in the minors, you're in the double A's, the triple A's. Uh I believe there might be even a single A. It's true. Yep. One A, two A, uh three A's. I think that's all the A's. Yeah. There could be four A's, but I think that seems like too many A's. No, Why that's all are we the- saying letters? Mm-hmm. To get you put them together and they spell words. Bush League, (laughs) a minor league of a professional sport, comma, especially baseball. So I don't know if it means anything specific or not. Hmm. Um, It's not very expressive, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, so they, they argue, I don't know, that's whatever scene. <laughs> they, they don't really make anything out of it. I, although I did like CJ's line about... Don't talk to me like that in front of people. Look, no, I just got called amateur twice in 10 seconds. The White House chief of staff can do it to me wherever he wants. You don't do it in front of people. I, don't I, love, I love CJ in this scene. I think she's really strong. She's a great feminist hero. You know, she says, like, you can't talk to, you know, oh, no. She asserts, I, I know I know what I'm talking about at one point. He, 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 you know, he makes a casual comment that she doesn't know. She says, oh, I understand more than you know, uh, but uh, she's wrong. About what? Well, she's punishing him for doing his job, and she's wrong. Later, the oh, they're saying that oh, it's yeah, not totally. a newsworthy story when it obviously oh, is. Oh, his job, he's a journalist, and he, she's mad that he did a news. Yeah, yeah. just because it was negative about yeah. them. And, and that's, she didn't that's have what he does. to go to his understudy and give him the story. Like, she could have gone to some other paper, just not done that, right? Like, that's such a petty, vindictive thing yeah. to do to, like, right. purposefully she's make him feel like, bad and shame him. Yeah, it's like, it's not an effective thing. It's unprofessional. Anyway, she's very strong, very strong female character. So then there's Leo's meeting. He strolls into the press room. Everybody's already sitting down, and he starts talking at him. The president wants a lively debate. He wants to hear opposition, but he's not going to stomach hypocrisy. We start hearing soft on crime, soft on drugs from any of the people you work for. We've got seven stories ready for page one. All of the people that you work for have people in their families who have taken advantage of lax drug laws when either sentencing or whatever would have put them in jail for many years and they ended up getting a fine or house arrest or some other lax punishment, which happens all the time, right? That's just a function of having money in the legal system yeah just to yeah. be clear this this is blackmail that's what i'm saying i'm it's looking like, at the lawyer um for if you can't tell by listening uh this is blackmail the president uh chief of staff does blackmail um yes is the answer i want you to say well mm, yes if it. the infer if there's if there's the breaking of a law in order to obtain the information, there's a strong argument there. Um, That's what I was worried just about. How did they, like, it sounds like they did obtain it in an improper way. But right? even if they obtained it properly, it's not. No, I don't think it is. Just not, the mere not, threat. They're not trying to. It's part of a negotiation that's permissible in this context. Because extortion? It's, but it's not extortion. It's we're going to publicize embarrassing information that is relevant to the political discussion we're having. Graft? Like all this stuff could have already been public. Corruption? It just was on the download. It's all about how he obtained the information. Dirty pool? Now, if he also, if he was using the threat of releasing it to obtain something totally irrelevant, like something monetary or like giving a government contract to someone's uncle, yes, that would be Hanky-panky? corruption. I don't think hanky panky means what you think it means. I just flim want to flam. point out. I want to point out, like they never flim flam? in this Hold on, episode. Jason. Flim flam. It's possible. Okay. Flim flam. Thank you. No, you I said you said it wasn't on the. Bar, you said enough. But so okay, they never mentioned once in this episode. Here's how you fix mandatory minimums without looking soft. Poppycock. You make <laughs> the penalty, the mandatory minimum sentence for cocaine, the same as it is for crack. Now you're strengthening. I thought that's what we were talking you're, about. You're fighting drugs harder. You're not looking soft on crime. 
and then you end up but putting... But is it, is it that you raise the cocaine one or you lower the crack one, I well, guess is the question. obviously you, you want to lower the crack one to what it is for cocaine if you want to be a liberal, but like you achieve a similar result of being egalitarian and no longer being racist by just having similar classifications of substances be assigned the same minimum sentencing. Then at least you're not discriminating against drugs that are used typically by racial minorities versus white people. But I think sort of like a major, major theme of this show is that like everybody in government knows that it's fucked, but they do it anyway. And if they had the good answer, then it wouldn't, wouldn't explain that as well. I'm just, I'm saying like this... Mandatory minimums are racist. This episode doesn't even do a good job of the usual West Wing shtick, which is, I we know it sucks, but there are good political reasons for why we can't just fix it easily. I think it does that. But here... That's the all only, Al Kiefer's line. Right, but his whole thing is like, you'll look soft on crime. But you don't have to look soft on crime. You actually look strong on crime. And if people who oppose you raising the mandatory minimum for cocaine, you just t- tell the public they're soft on crime. You don't want to penalize cocaine. And then once you've punished the rich white people drug, then you can rope them into a conversation about softening the retributive position the government has on on drug abuse. Legalize it. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of that scene. I, I This is uh, another... Like, Leo's cold in this scene. This is pretty real, real politic. Is that how you say that phrase? <laughs> I, I prefer... Real politic. Yeah. But that's specifically how you're not supposed to say it. Politic. Don't say it. Politic. Don't say it like that. It, it actually, isn't it like a Russian or is it German? Real politic. But like the threatening of their families over political rhetoric is pretty out of bounds, I think. But it's, it's not like I'm it's a little extorty. No, it's it's. I mean, it's in service. It's, it's 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 basically saying like, don't be a hypocrite about this, or we'll point out are, why you're a hypocrite. These are facts that should be in the public record, whether they're expunged in, inappropriately or not, right? So arrests and you know these these criminal proceedings are part of the public record, and therefore, just pointing out something that is in the public record is not it's not really improper. I mean, it's like you know unethical. It's impolite. It definitely crosses some sort of bounds of of uh, decorum that you'd otherwise expect yeah. them to have towards each other, but that's bullshit. Oh, yeah, we should also point out there's a couple scenes in lead up to this, or a couple stray mentions that I didn't really understand until the second watch through, where Leo makes a big deal about how he's not the proper vessel for this, being somebody who also got the same treatment. Yeah. Since he was like addicted to painkillers and was presumably getting them illegally but that's also not really refuted in the strong ways it could have been because he's at least being consistent about the fact that he believes that rehabilitation works i mean he was rehabilitated right he wasn't just locked up i guess that's what the president says later yeah and i mean i wish someone had challenged um whether this is like crossing a line sort of going after people's kids because that's what drug laws do go after people's kids like, what do you mean? Young people are usually the ones young people getting caught with drugs. Mm. Young racial minorities in impoverished neighborhoods get their lives ruined over mandatory minimum sentencing. That is disparate compared to similar types of drugs. Right, because things like stop and frisk are more likely to catch you with like a small amount of drugs on you. Yeah. Let's go around the table and we'll each say how many times we've been stopped and or frisked. I'll start. Never. 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 I was stopped. You go now. You go. 
was just uh, we're doing never you say never, never. well and okay. what do you mean st- i mean i've gotten like traffic tickets before. that's not what i meant no no, no yeah. like a cop approached me on the street in the city when i was sitting outside doing nothing really what were you stopped for he i was smoking a cigarette did you match your description and he thought that i was just up to no good you probably were one time i had a root beer bottle <laughs> and i was drinking and i was walking on the street and a cop Schweppes. like turned i think it was a A&W? No, it was the one with like that little like angel guy on it. Is that Virgil's? Yeah. Oh, Virgil's. Some good stuff. Yeah. Um, cop like did like a Yui, flashed his lights, huh. and was like, was that? And I'm like, it's a root beer, man. Huh. <laughs> and he's like. And then he shot you. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he's like, oh, he kind of like half chuckled and drove off. Huh. <laughs> That's the worst treatment I've ever gotten for the police. And uh, I, I will say, I think I was there with you when the cop stopped you, Elise. And I think you said, I live right there. And he was like, mm, okay. No, he, I said, I live right there. And he's, I was, so I was right near the water on the East River, like sitting there with a friend. And we were in the middle of doing like homework. I was in college and we took a break to go outside. And I was smoking a cigarette. And the cop swear he saw me when I saw him pull up, like throw something in the water. And I didn't. And he was like, what'd you just throw? And I was like, nothing. And he didn't believe me. And I was like, he's like, can I have your idea? I was like, I don't have it on me, but I live like right there. I like, can point to my apartment. And then he was like, what are you doing out here? And I said, I'm taking a break from schoolwork. And he said, it's the weekend. Why do you have work to do for school? Yeah, it's a freaking weekend, <laughs> and then man. And I said, I'm in college. <laughs> and he was, and I was like, also. And he teared up a little people bit. People have And he called her a nerd and he gave her weekdays. a super wedgie. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he didn't, he like didn't know what to say to that. And then just kept like badgering me. And I was like, listen, like, are you, do you have anything to like actually say to me? Or are you just going to? Like keep bugging me here, and then his his partner was like, "Leave them alone," and then wow, it sounds like a war on cops over here. Jeez, (laughs) blue lives matter. Do you remember that time when we were kids and that cop stopped us? Yes, and you and you. What did I say to him? You said, "What seems to be the trouble, officer?" I absolutely so mad. I absolutely, (laughs) literally said that. I don't know. It seemed like the thing that they said on the TV. Yeah, yeah, and he was really mad. What do you say in response? Like what? Like, what did you say? Yeah. You say your face. Yeah, yeah, he did say. You shut your smart mouth. Yeah, and then you did. I did. Of course, did. like when you're like, "What seems to be the trouble, officer?" Cop would be like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, don't ever say that to cops. Yeah. I don't like it. What are you supposed to say? Just Not say, that. What, what don't say I, that. What can I sir you for, sir? Yeah. <laughs> don't say that. Actually, no, just put your hands up and say, "Hands up, don't shoot." I, honestly, like in. In law school, they showed videos and had guest speakers who all universally said, never talk to the police. So, so that's you, my best you, advice. Do you just say, never talk to the police? What can I do you for? You just don't talk to them. You just, you, you just, just you do the, you do the zipper mouth and you throw gesture. Away the lock, you and lock you the, throw away the key. Get it out of there. Or yeah. if you have a friend, have no. your friend swallow the key. And then you mm-hmm. take his nose. You know, you're like, I got uh, your nose. It is, <laughs> don't, don't, don't get his nose. No, we do this podcast highly discourages you from stealing a cop's nose <laughs> or his gun yeah yeah no but you're supposed to never say anything no matter what and under any circumstances yeah just don't and then if they ask you for an id you know give them the id or whatever but that's that's pretty much it otherwise you're like a mute yeah. don't say it. not not like being do you have no like a laminated card that you hand to them you're just like i'm sorry officer I've been instructed by my lawyer not you to could, talk to you. That That's would be a, a smart idea. idea. I'm sure those exist. You just print out a card. It's like, I'm exercising my right to remain silent. And 
if you are going to press charges, here's my lawyer's phone number. Otherwise, you know. You should. Am that I should be leave? your new business card. Oh my god, that's such a good business card. I, I made that idea. That's my idea. I want a ten percent of all business and card the sales. Quotes, it'll say, "Don't tase me, bro." <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this this meeting finishes. Um, Andy is in the back. She is delighted by the whole thing. She says, "Oh, actually, that was fun to Toby." Um, they start walking back towards his office. They have some, you know, kind of cute banter um she mentions that she got out of a dui but because somebody recognized her being in congress or her date got out of a dui um toby's like i would have came and picked you up i just like the image of toby going to pick up andy yeah. on her date <laughs> this is a pre-uber world yeah before you could just summon a car so they have some cute banter um they're obviously still somewhat into each other i think and then on the way out toby says you know what give me that pie i want it i see i get the feeling he was saving that like he already knew that was gonna be his closer yeah and then she her reaction where he, she's just like genuinely amused but also kind of like good old toby knows that he was probably saving that up and likes that but also thinks it's lame i'm <laughs> i'm sorry it, i just think pie talk is sexy i think there's something sexual about this. It could just be the fact that it's pie talk. I don't know. There could be some residual feelings there or just the mere fact that it's pie talk. Do you think pie talk is sexy like, yes. in your real life? Mm-hmm. So, like, can you not go to a pie shop? No, I can. I just have to clean up afterwards. <laughs> so, can I, like, so yet again, there's a weird, obscure discussion involving baseball. Why? Oh, oh, she's on a date with somebody who works for the Orioles. And it's like, okay. And to- Toby's a Yankees man. Like, politics nerds, the primary audience for this show, is it, is that, does that go hand in hand with being a nerd about baseball? I think, I think growing up in Brooklyn in the 60s makes you like a baseball fan. A lot of people hmm. like sports. I think sport culture just crosses. It's It invades all other cultures. Yeah. Now, what I want to know is, by making Andy fluent in this conversation, does that enhance her desirability and attractiveness Absolutely as character? Not. Oh. Was that the intention? I think she's delightful in this episode. I like her muchly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bigly. Yes. She's Andy's definitely better than Mandy. I would totally. Oh my vote God. For her. They're not yes. even in the same mm-hmm. like category mm-hmm. of human. No, they're in the same category. Both I human. Mean, Fem- <laughs> human female. Yeah, they technically are, yeah. <laughs> In that category together. Like, personality-wise, you can't compare. Yeah. Uh, one out, one in. Yeah. What? That's a sport thing. Is that a pie thing? No, just... Oh. Just the... Mandy's out of the out of the loop. They say oh, that in sport. Oh, just one out Yeah, and bring, bring a better in. lady into the loop. Got it. Yes. Uh, the next scene is... The president is sleeping in his bed. It looks like he fell asleep reading some papers. There's, like, books spread out on mrs bartlett's side of the bed you know i just thought he was kind of like a hamster and he just makes like a nest out of (laughs) spare pieces of paper that's possible too um leo comes in uh to talk to him and wakes him up uh and then they have charlie and josh together uh in josh's office he says joey's still here um you can uh you should go talk to her because she's like staying here late it's her first night you know go uh give her something and make her feel welcome so then they have sam and leo come into the office and 
they tell Josh about the Steve meeting and then both of them realize that this is obviously a trap about Lori. What's going on? He knows about Lori. What do you mean? He knows your friends with a call girl. What does that have to do with anything? He wants to move you out to the front of the field so he can drop Lori on you. So two things. I did not understand why. I didn't understand either. I don't know why. And then Josh compares this it compares the scene to The Godfather. Yeah, I got a lot about this. <laughs> which I... This is apparently a film yeah, that okay. people like. So I had not seen The Godfather until recently. Like what? Like maybe six months ago. I watched it for the first time. All three of them. Too. Right. So the reason he says it is uh, Sam gets really upset. You're like you, you shouldn't just get Sam fired. You should get the entire uh, pos- policy position that he's been advocating for eliminated. Right. So he gets really upset about this and he's like, I want to do something, you know, at 1135 at night. What can I do about this? And then that's when Josh says, this is like this is like the Godfather when Pacino tells James Caan that he's going to kill the cop. It's a lot like that scene. Only not really. I'm James Caan. You're you're Al Pacino. Let's go. Tubby, you're the guy who shows Pacino how to make tomato sauce. Sam is Michael. Josh is Sonny. That makes Toby Clemenza, the guy teaching him how to make the sauce, which is like actually kind of the most memorable part of that whole scene. No, we don't remember that scene. He's like, you take some garlic, you fry it up. You start out with a little bit of oil, and you fry some garlic. Then you throw in some tomatoes, tomato paste, you fry it, you make sure it doesn't stick. You got it to a boil, you shove in all your sausage and your meatballs. And a little bit of wine. And a little bit of sugar. And that's my trick. It's a great sauce recipe. Yeah. Um, So gaming this out, that means that um, Josh is going to end up shot at a toll booth. Yeah. Um, Sam will kill Steve. Um, He's going to leave the gun and take the cannoli. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to go live in Italy for a while. And then, uh, and then Clemenza is uh, Toby. He's gonna he's gonna be fine, and he's just gonna disappear before the second movie because they couldn't work out a contract to have him in it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But they they had the young version of Clemenza. Yeah, he's gonna be played by Bruno. uh, What's that guy's name? Uh, Bruno Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's Bruno Kirby. Yeah, so Godfather, good stuff. None of this is making (laughs) sense to me. Um, there's a Josh and Joey scene after that. He's, she says that she's staying up late to work on this so she can give Josh a first look analysis in the morning, whatever the hell that means. He gives her the gift that Charlie suggests. It's a White House coffee mug, which I would love to have if anybody has one. You <laughs> want a White House the, coffee mug? That would be great. Um, has got the, got the seal of the president on it. And then he says, Kenny, can you give us a minute? And he leaves and he says, I did wear this suit for you. This is not my normal Tuesday suit. And, and then he, she makes fun of him about the Tuesday says, suit. Perhaps the most romantic thing a man could ever say to a woman. This is not my typical Tuesday suit. <laughs> Does she respond by saying, You have a Tuesday suit? And that's kind of the end of the scene? No, she oh yeah. No, I think she's delighted. She loves yeah. it. She's eating it up. Yeah, it's a cute scene. They they're they're back on track now. So now they have I I have this written down as the president and leo slumber party can i just interject really quick that do you remember when in this season they were planning on having josh be a ladies man <laughs> and this is his like this is how he acts about a woman he likes i think well, he's doing earlier, all right he's a got a lady whole plan cheered and called him rambo i mean he's being very rambo. childish and awkward 
No, but he's he thinks he's got game though, because he's talking to Leo. He's like, I had this whole banter thing going with her. This is his yeah. like strategy. No, he recognizes Ugh. how bad he is. He even takes Charlie's advice to give her something. Yeah, just give her something because it wasn't working. I think, and maybe he steals uh, Charlie's verbiage because you're new because you don't know yeah. anybody. Even though she does know people, she knows every, this is in high she's school. Like been there before. But I think the the thing is that he's kind of off his game because she rejected him, right? Because she had sex with that ugly dude what, that's also in the building. The tall drink of yogurt, yeah. But I'm just saying, would that really phase a player like Josh? <laughs> I'm the sorry, Josh we knew from I, the first few episodes. I don't understand the words you, you, you just You don't said. want to be sloppy yogurts. <laughs> sloppy well, she's <laughs> also like his his equal too, though. Like she, every time he's got like a little power dynamic thing going with her, she upends it. By either embarrassing him, or like Margaret comes and yeah, like or someone else embarrasses the yeah. him. But he, I mean, he's like a slow pitch pitch over home plate. You know, like he's not really posing a challenge. I don't understand that reference. That's a baseball metaphor. Okay, those are the only metaphors. Baseball's a sport. Mm-hmm. This is like this is some bush league shit. He's like t-ball. Is that a good yeah? Way? There's this uh, slumber party going on um, where Leo's sitting by the bed and the president's kind of got his head like head up on his like elbows mm-hmm. <laughs> looking in their like chat- a little newborn baby. Yeah, they're chatting. <laughs> uh, Leo says the thing about feeling like a hypocrite for preaching on the drug reform thing. Um, the president says, if anybody's a good example for this, it's you. It'll be cool. President's doing that thing where he's like trying to go to bed, but the other guy's like still he's still talking. The lights are out. He's just agreeing with everything he says. Um, Remember slumber when you used to do slumber parties? Sure. Yeah, that was cool. Let's never go to (laughs) sleep. Let's watch all the police academy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, let's do that though. Yeah, we'll I do a like... sleepover and we'll, we'll we'll watch a police academy. We could do a sleepover. We Remember should. the guy? He does the the voices. He does all the sounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. with like uh... them. yeah, <laughs> like that, but one, like that one, but better. But like woo 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 and like <laughs> he's better. But yeah, like that. <laughs> so CJ comes in. She apologizes <laughs> for the goof up, and the president says it's cool. This is something that the president does not need to be bothered with. At eleven thirty at night, I I think. Yeah, no, most of the things that he's all the bothered, rest of them. Yeah. I think Leo's thing maybe makes sense because he like wanted to have kind of a personal chat, but yeah. the other ones are just kind of like normal business. Sam and Josh come in. Josh, all he wants to do is say, "I gave Joey a coffee mug," <laughs> like that could have waited for the morning. Yep. Um, Sam says, "Do you have a decision on the mandatory minimums thing?" Um, probably also could have waited for okay, the morning. It's a little contrived. The president gives a nice uplifting speech to everybody uh, about we're going to do this. But I don't know. It's kind of the same thing from last week. It's the president's yeah. shit, shit happens speech. It's like yeah. you're all revved up. You're all super excited. Stay That's there. awesome. Yeah. But like if you fuck up, just deal with it. And I'm trying to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. This is the president's let me go to bed speech. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of was wondering like, they're all so excited that they're finally like doing something and being active about everything and making decisions in this administration that it's such a huge contrast to the attitude before. I wonder if the president is like, oh shit, like we were what really if, fucking up before. Well, I mean, what have I unleashed? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, these people are almost too scary. And then he tells a couple of them to go easy on other people. Yeah. Well, yeah, Mandy let her back in. Yeah. Danny as well. How did he know about that? 
The Mandy thing? The Danny thing. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Someone probably tattletailed. Yeah. Yeah, Dude. Sam starts to talk about Lori and then catches himself My and decides it can wait. Thing Sam says, I don't know if it's in this scene or the one where he's in Josh's office where he says, I'm hot as a pistol. Sir, something has come up and frankly, it's got me as hot as a pistol. You don't hear that. Yeah, and then Toby has a thing about the mandate. He's like, you know, Andy told talk to me about the mandatory minimums. Uh, I think she's right. And then the president says, man, you're really whipped. But the um, subtitle said whooped. I, I think see, he, he says actually whooped. says whooped. I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Is he it says right? whooped. Is it? Yeah, he said, yeah, But is, is that right, though? It's right for, for Jed. <laughs> so you're still whooped. So whooped. Um, He's pee whooped. There's... <laughs> Does your mother know? For some reason, uh, oh yeah, Toby says uh, I'm not whooped. You you call your president, you call your wife Doctor Bartlett, and he says, yeah, but I only do it for the turn on. Gross. Um, Gross dad. Kicks everybody out. Um, then he talks, has one quick little moment with Leo, and he's like, I'm sleeping better. And when I sleep, I dream about a great discussion with experts and ideas and diction and energy and honesty. Which are super Ugh, boring worst dreams. Shame yeah. Ever. Yeah. I do the sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he means by exchanging ideas. Yeah. Like if there's not a like fun wins. roller coaster in your dream, like you're doing it wrong, right? <laughs> well, you're. I. We. We do like to dream about doing it on roller coasters. And so that's the that's the end of the episode. Is the president going back to bed finally? Uh, and then the credits shot is the big Oval Office meeting with Al Kiefer. Uh, which is an okay one. It's got a lot of people, a lot of room meat to frame, <laughs> and it's got the Oval Office in it, which is nice looking. Um, so headlines. I, 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 I did a headline. I got two headlines. I did two headlines. Right. I have one, and it's terrible, and I'm gonna set the bar real low for you. Okay, you, guys. you start then. What's the topic? It's the FEC. Okay. FEC, you later. Okay. I thought we. we I thought we decided uh, we have to do FEC. These nuts is obligatory. Uh, well, I got you down with FEC. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Which doesn't even make sense. No, but, but I like it. <laughs> that's what I'm to say. So that's one of mine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's one of mine. I called it Lucas has a suitor. And then the readout says Josh's outfit, not the typical Tuesday fashion. Oh. Very nice. Yeah. I also did one called, uh, one I like to call Minimum Rage. And then the readout says, Anger over racist mandatory sentences. Uh, I have a drug one. It's a just say go to rehab. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's all the headlines. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, So, final thoughts. Um, You guys go. What do you got? Ugh. I just thought I was meh. I don't know. It felt like a big filler episode. I was delighted. I found this a, a very pleasant, delightful romp through American democracy. Okay. Like, I'm giving it a blessed wing. <laughs> like I, could, I would be really happy to fall asleep to this episode. It's very charming. And there's part, like some parts that are like, ooh, that's good and juicy. And then some parts that are just like, I like all these characters and they're doing all the things I like about them. It's pretty funny. Yeah. There's no real character stuff other than, I guess, learning that Toby has an ex-wife. Yeah. And it's like the whole, everything about that is cute and sweet and yeah, like very the, nice to watch. The Andy 
part is the best part of the episode. And everything else is just like, it's funny, but it's not as funny as the other funny episodes of The West Wing, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the jokes are kind of misfires. They're just not, they're kind of weird and confusing, but also kind of funny. The Charlie thing is just kind of a little in poor taste. It is a little weird. It's weird. It's a little weird. I love Charlie. Yeah. yeah. But it's a little like old, I don't know, racist stereotype, fine looking woman kind of, no? But it's like, you don't have to encourage a dude. It's just kind of weird. It's I like it's think, like too hetero. Yeah, you know? I I now, love Joey Charlie, Lucas is but... a fine looking woman. Yeah, it's true, but she's also brilliant and like has a really she's got a good brain. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does your mother know that you hate women? She's well aware. Okay. Yeah. Good. yeah. Does your mother know that you hate mothers? She's fucking clear on that. Yeah. Clear as fucking day. Okay. <laughs> Robin, we love she you. Doesn't know, she doesn't know what a podcast is. I love you though. <laughs> and, the, and you know the like, you know how I feel about the way they deal with the political issues in this episode, which is just like nonsense. It's a lot of straw men to like. They don't even say really the, have an argument. It's like right. weak sauce. Yeah, both Al Kiefer episodes so far have been terrible on that account, yeah. I think. Al Kiefer would be a good barbecue sauce. Like a name? Yeah. No, it wouldn't. It would be a good drinkable yogurt. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can't give this one a best one. I think it's a mess wing. Yeah. As a, but how, how do they do on the letting Bartlett be Bartlett scale? It's off to a real bad start. <laughs> I mean. He nominated the people. Yeah. He did the people thing, but then CJ straight up says, this is totally meaningless. In an interview, she's like, yeah, actually, this is just symbolic. It actually will, nothing will change. I thought that was sarcasm. Oh, okay. I think that it's like a good start, but I feel like they're holding back a whole lot. Like The the drug stuff is somewhat ambitious. Yeah, I want Bartlett to do more drugs. Just do more drugs. He was funny in the episode he did drugs. It's true. I, I think I'm excited to see where the next one is going. I don't remember what. The yeah, next but one this is. one's not particularly memorable for any no reason. It's just that you you got are like the landmark thing. Okay, if I'm writing "Let Bartlett Be Bartlett," I'm not gonna air that episode until I have a strong follow up written, so I know how to actually show them doing that, and to have that episode that ends with like we're gonna change everything, and then the next episode is just like. He we, did the nomination we, thing. We basically said like neener, neener, neener to people that are opposing us. And we were like dismissive of them in an entertaining way. But we didn't really do anything other than just nominate those dudes. Yeah, they f- didn't throw their cap over their wall particularly convincingly. Even that whole metaphor in that speech is just bad. <laughs> That's bad. Sense. I keep referencing it, but it really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, so thumbs, thumbs sideways on this one. Yeah. Okay. It's not bad. But yeah, yeah. thumb sideways and then right under my head to go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> because that um, makes me feel. Yeah, Sam getting kind of worked up is a little funny too. Yeah, so there's some some moments in this one. Margaret's funny. It's a Margaret's, fine episode. Margaret's, fine episode. Margaret's OCD coming through. <laughs> Pretty True. good. I think this is there's a lot of like fun little character development things all over this episode. Very fun. Yes, and yeah. I like that. But I feel like that stuff happens in a lot of other episodes that ends up on the cutting room floor because there's so much substance. Right. But I feel like being three away from a season finale, it doesn't have enough oomph to it. (laughs) 